going to just take a few minutes this morning and just in the atmosphere of his presence and just, uh, boy, it's just been moving so far. Uh, I want to ask you to do something this morning. I want to ask you to um, do your best to just release everything that would distract you, anything that would distract you this morning uh, as we look into the word for just a moment, any worries, any fears, uh, any pain, any uh, struggles that you may be in the middle of, uh, I just believe that God has a word for you this morning. And it's often that when we hear the word that it's important that I learn to receive the word. In other words, you know, Lord, I'm here. I want to receive the word because I think the enemy loves to distract us in the middle of messages with this or that or uh, whatever the case might be. And we can miss hearing a word that's straight from God that we're all capable of hearing. And with that would come faith that would totally change your circumstances or situation. How many can say amen to that? That's how simple it is. We try to work it up and we can't do that. But if we'll just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us through his word, I think you can experience what I'm talking about this morning. Uh, and so let's just pray. And then I want to just share a few thoughts this morning uh, and then pray for us. Uh, and I, I truly have been thinking that God's going to do a miracle for you. This is the season of miracles. So let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that it's not by might, it's not by our own power, our own ability uh, that we change, but it's by your spirit. You prophesied this thousands of years ago. And God, it's still true today. And I pray this morning that as we look into your word and uh, <clears throat> have a few thoughts stirred up and provoked, <clears throat> that some miracles would happen this morning. I'm sure there's people sitting here right now even doubting that you might be able to do something in their life that would totally turn them around. But Father, for you, nothing is too difficult. There's not one circumstance that we face. There's not one issue that's in front of our lives or in our lives that you can't transform. God, I'm believing this morning as we look even into your word for a few minutes that that will transpire in each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's uh, go ahead and pull those lights up a, a little bit. Uh, I, I, as we consider Christmas which is the season we're in, in case you have missed that. Uh, this is the Christmas celebration time. As you consider that, and it's easy because, you know, it's easy to miss Christmas as you go through Christmas. You know that, don't you? I mean, you can just zoom right through Christmas and you can end up on the other side with a bigger visa bill, more stress, and less happiness than Christmas was ever meant to bring. It was meant to bring something completely different, and I want to reel us in maybe as we lean into this. Uh, uh, Christmas uh, uh, should be a time, listen to this, it should be time, a time of great encounter. I, I want to go ahead and release the bridge and the kids. I'm sorry, I forgot that. I think they're all to be released. Uh, it's a time of great encounter uh, with God. I, I love the way that Solomon put it, you know, as I held this baby... It was as if, a little to his knowledge, as if he was actually holding God himself. Man, when, when you said that, it just hit me. It's like, wow. 
you know, we were over at Katie and Trevor's the other day. Katie's always in trouble for something, you know, so it's just, Trevor just, <laughs> and calls me all the time, yeah, no, but we were over there visiting with them. I'm going to move over here so she doesn't throw something at me. When we were over visiting with them, little Augie's running around the room, you know, and crawl, you know, he's just, well, he's not running, but he's, he, he was feeling like he was running. He was moving fast enough to be running. But just to, to catch eyes with him every now and then, I had just forgotten what that's really, really like. You look into a life there that, that uh, for the most part, okay, nothing has impacted his little life yet. It's all good. <laughs> Everything's good. You know, I'm going to do all that I, I can do. And, 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 you know, it's a time of seeing how much you can get away with, you know, that, that, that feeling. And, and, but there was just such a... A, a glow and just a, an innocence and just such a, a beauty just to, to catch eyes with him every now and then. And he caught your eyes, too. If you know Augie, he does that well. And, and I just, I, when you said that, I was reminded of the, the, whole, uh, the whole thing about us having a, a great encounter with God during this season. Uh, it's also a very historic encounter. I mean, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to this earth as a baby, <laughs> and we're still talking about him today. He's still changing lives today. Uh, it's, so it's a historic event. It's a very decisive uh, encounter. In other words, you get to choose whether you will have an encounter with him or if he'll just be another story, another religion, another something. You get to choose that. It's just a decisive thing because God decisively chose to send his son to come to this earth in the fashion that he did. It's also a, a love encounter time. Christmas should be a love encounter that we stop and we really, really remember what has transpired here. What are, what are we sitting here with today? It, it, it has to do with a, a relationship between God and us, or God and you. That was what it was all about. Is what he always desired from the beginning. Remember in the garden, he set it up to where there's open conversation. It was a beautiful thing, and they were talking back and forth, and they were talking about everything, and they were naming animals, and they were talking about what was going to take place. And, and, and until sin came in and, and destroyed that beautiful relationship, and it wasn't until Jesus came that that type of relationship could be back opened again. That's why Jesus calls himself the last Adam, the last failure, the last separation. Now is the time to pull together, and, 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 and as, we, as they sang, Emmanuel, what does that mean? It means God with us. <laughs> He's here this morning, and yet somehow we, we can sit maybe without totally experiencing that, and I I've been thinking about this a lot and how, you know, uh, him coming in the form of a baby, you know, oftentimes we, we use this statement, oh, he could have come on a white horse, you know, he could have come in a whole different way and it would have been more dramatic and bigger, but no, he came as a baby. And, 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 and I thought about that and I thought the way that we do things as humanoids, okay, the way that we do things, we want a hero, 
We want a statue. We would have had a big statue of a white horse right here in this podium just for us to see when we come. We like to have something tangible that we can touch. But instead, he walks out of heaven. He opens up heaven's doors, and he walks out of heaven into one of the most vulnerable, sweetest persons that you can meet, a young baby. You know, when you get a baby, everybody, or just about everybody, if not, there's challenges we can talk about later for you. <laughs> you look at that and you just think, wow, how beautiful. I feel like a, a fresh connection can happen. And when you see the look on a mother's eyes when they first have that first baby or a father's eyes when you see that first child, it's like, wow, this is amazing. There's, there's something, something changes about that relationship that's different. Well, that's what God wanted to do. He didn't want you to have a statue. He didn't want you to have a religion. He didn't want you to have a necklace. He didn't want you to have anything but a personal relationship with your heavenly father who you are made in his image like. That's exactly what it's like. But yet we somehow try to make things happen. You know, I'm going to do this. or I'm going to do more. I'm going to be better. I'm going to all these things. And God's just stepping back and saying, no, I came down. Because looking in the father's eyes is just like looking into a baby's eyes. Just as clear, just as open, just as you know, non-threatening. It's just like, it's just, that's how your father is. That's how you can approach him. That's how he wants you to approach him. He wants you to step into this place and this realm of relationship that begins to break down the barriers and break down the lies and break down the falsities and, and destroy the things that would want to separate you from him. Man, he wants anything. He wants to have a relationship. Christmas is all about a love relationship. It's about how can I uh, just really keep remembering and never forget. And even though God set it up for us, even though it's been talked about for at least 2,000 years, we know, but we know it started in the garden, so 6,000 years, this God has been being talked about. But people seem to still kind of miss it. They just miss it. And I, I, I kind of started writing down, you know, some were, uh, some missed Jesus they were, because they were caught up in sin. They were pulled away from him because they were caught up in their sin. And I thought, wow, that still happens. Some were caught up in religion. Remember the religious people that rejected Jesus himself, the ones that were the chosen, the called, the, well, they came and they were the ones that had him crucified even. So you think about that, wow, they were caught up in their religion. Today, many people can be caught up in religion. Some of them were caught up just in their self. How is this going to help me? How am I going to make it? How am I going to survive? And their primary thinking is all about self, all about me. And everything they do has that, you know, that, that little hook of self-interest in it. If it's going to benefit me, then I'm going to buy into it. But I'm only going to buy into it to the degree that it benefits me. And so some miss it. They miss it because, remember, God's just innocent, pure. That's all he sees. That's all he is. He doesn't get involved in our religion and our sin and our hooks of self-interest. Some get caught up even in idolatry. We know that was a major problem in the Old Testament. Idolatry, there were idols everywhere. And there were idols that were even brought into the very temple of God. They wanted to set up, remember the whole story with Dagon? They wanted to set up idols everywhere. And I think, Lord, we can be like that today, can't we? Some people have idolized the horoscope. 
Some have idolized Dr. Phil. Uh, some, uh, some, some follow one scam and scheme after the, the next. If it's a weight loss thing, if it's a look better thing, it's a, you know, it's some kind of a, a you know, little thing that puts steam out and you put little flavors in it so you smell better, sleep better, and all that, you know. Or, or maybe it's coconut oil. <laughs> maybe it's coconut oil. I want to be careful here, okay. I have coconut oil at home, okay. I'm not idolizing it anymore, though. Has anybody tried to gargle with coconut oil? Okay. It was supposed to be good for you, you know. But you know what I'm saying? There just seems to be one thing after the next that we put a lot of energy into and a lot of money into that really means nothing in light of eternity. And it means nothing in your relationship with God. You're already beautiful to him. Can I just tell you that? You already sing like he wants you to sing. It's, it's, it's so, but yet we can get caught up in different ideas, we, I, I, idols. We can overemphasize pastors. We can overemphasize ministries. You know, we can just let all these good things, there's nothing wrong with trying to look better. I mean, I had to give up on it finally. <laughs> you know, when you get, you get there, you just have to stop, you know. Uh, <laughs> But you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with some of these good things, but yet we have to realize how much they've become idols to us sometimes and stop and say, wow, my job's an idol. My money's an idol. My, my, just really get it, bring it right back down to where, you know, we stop going from one quick fix to the other, to the next, but we begin to focus on what's really, really important. And my heart this morning is that when I read this scripture that I'm about to read, that it comes into us and really upsets us, or as Des would say, it provokes us to allow the transformation to take place. Because he'll do it if you'll let him. He'll, he'll, he'll do it if you receive it. If you reject it, you reject it. Jerusalem rejected him where he wept over them and said, boy, if I just couldn't do a miracle there. It wasn't his fault, right? He wasn't, you know, his batteries, his ever-ready ever batteries weren't low by the end of his ministry. But the people rejected him. The religious people that went to church every Sunday rejected him. And they were busy about everything else. I just don't want that to happen to us in Christmas, at Christmas time especially. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Isaiah 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born. That's what this holiday is about. It's, it's to celebrate the birth, a birthday. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Wow. What a statement. And look at how he begins it all. Unto us, a child is born. I thought, wow. You know, if I was going to rely on anything uh, for, 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 for being wonderful and counselor and mighty God and everlasting, all those things, Prince of Peace, there wouldn't be a baby. But what he's saying is, hey, a child was born. I want you to pay attention. So here's what I want to look at. It's just a few words that he talks about that he's all about. This is what this baby was all about for us. First, he says that, that his name will be called Wonderful. 
The word wonderful simply means a wonder or extraordinary or admirable or distinguished. He's distinguished. He's something to behold. He's something that when I'm going through my journey of life and I'm, and, and I'm busy about this or I'm busy about that, do I forget how wonderful he really is? Do, do, I, do I wake up in the morning and just fly into the day and I've not stopped to maybe even think that, wow, he's extraordinary, you know? I, I blew it yesterday, but I wake up this morning and what did I wake up to? New mercies. I found some new mercies this morning. I just woke up. I know what I did yesterday, but I found some new mercies today. And that's a wonderful Savior, isn't it? And, and, and he came to, 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 to let us know that that's how he is. It says he's a counselor. He's a counselor. It, it, the word counselor there just simply means to advise, to consult, to give counsel, to give purpose, and to help you plan. I thought, wow, Jesus wants to do all of that for you and I. That's who he is. That's what he's about. He wants to come and be such an intimate part of your life that he can give you counsel. He can give you direction. He can help you plan your life. How many know if, if you follow his plan, it always works better than your plan? How many, let's, go, let's see if you're going to be honest in church. How many would say that you've not followed your plan, but you wish you would have followed his a time or two? That's right. You know, you just go off on your own thing, and, 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 and you find out, oh, <laughs> yep, that didn't work. I thought I remembered a Bible verse about that, you know. <laughs> Be slow to anger, maybe, is one of them. <laughs> oh, yep, I didn't follow his. Well, he wants to give you counsel, but if you're totally walking on your own and you're not in connection with him, guess what? You've separated yourself from the counsel that he has for you. He has so much for you. He has such a plan for you. And, 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 and he has a purpose for you. And he wants to open that up to you. It goes on to say, but he's also, and his name will be called the mighty God. The mighty God. Now, this, is, this one hit me a lot. It's like he's strong. He's mighty. And the root of that means to confirm, to strengthen, and to give you strength. Now, my mind raced to the New Testament where uh, after, after Jesus went away to heaven, remember, he came to the earth not to live, but he came to die. He fulfilled his plan by being nailed to the cross for your sins and my sins. And then he went to heaven, a few other stops in the way, but he went to heaven, and what did he do? He sent down his power, his strength. He says, I, I come and I give you this. And I think, Wow. How often do I race through my days, never having stopped to say, Lord, I, I need your strength today, I'm sure. I'm going to run into something or somebody or a, a situation that, man, I need your strength. I need, you, I, I need to remember that you're wonderful. <laughs> I need to get your counsel and your direction. Uh, see, we, we often use counsel after we're in trouble. What about the, 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 the grand idea of getting counsel before you get in trouble? I don't know about you, but most of the time when I get in trouble, I've already heard from God a little bit. I just ignored it and just kept doing my thing and plowing through my way, only to realize, wow, 
that really was God trying to get my attention. He was trying to, he was trying to show me his plan, give me direction, and show me what to do and where to go and how to, how to respond, how to react. He was already preparing me. He wanted to give me strength. So when I do face it, I overcome it. It doesn't overcome me. Because guess what? He says you're going to all have tribulation in this world. But be of good cheer, he says, I overcame, which means you can now overcome. You're made in his likeness. You're made in his image. You're a son, and you're a daughter of the Most High God. There's no difference between you and God other than one thing. He's eternal. He's omniscient. He's all those things. But other than that, you're his son, and you're his daughter. You're the only creature that was made in his image and likeness. I mean, think about it. He made everything else, but he made you just like him. And then he blew his breath of life in you, which means you now will live forever. The question is never whether you're going to live forever. Really, it's the question where you will live forever, isn't it? Will you live with him or without him? He's mighty. He's strong. He's everlasting. He's, he's, and I, I, I got this piece here. He's ancient of past times, and he's forever for future times. He's continual. He never ends. He doesn't have a beginning, nor does he have an end. But he's always been and always will be. Can you wrap your head around that? Probably not. But you know something? He said it. It's true. And so he's, he's, he's everlasting. That, that, in Revelation 22 and verse 13, Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. So he's been forever. That tells me he knows a little bit more than I do. He's been around. He, he's, he knows everything. And then it goes on to this last piece, not the last piece, but the second to last piece. He's the father. He's the head or founder of the household. He's the producer. He's, he's, the, he's the, the protector. The, uh, he's one. He's the ruler or the chief. He's, he's the head, but he puts it in the category not of a, a hard slave driver, but as a good father. And again, just thinking about, you know, uh, as a father with, uh, the Bible says that me being evil, know how to give good gifts to my kids, how much more? Does your heavenly Father know how to give good gifts to you? See, God's amazing. And then the last thing here that he says in that particular verse is he's the Prince of Peace. Boy, if there's ever something that's needed to be received today, if you're in this position, we've been talking about joy and the strength of joy. We've been talking about the, uh, the, the life that God wants to put inside of us. He's the Prince of Peace. Uh, he, he's the... The, the, the hater of anxiety. He doesn't live in anxiety. He doesn't live in stress, but he lives in total peace. And he wants to transfer that to us. It means completeness, soundness, welfare, peace, safety, quiet, tranquility, contentment. Oh, oh don't, don't those words just sound good? Yeah. Most of you are saying, wow, what does those mean? What do those mean? I haven't, I haven't felt that for a while. Friendship with God especially in a covenant relationship. And here's the thing about a covenant relationship is that it's a bonding relationship. It doesn't change with every, every uh, wrong thing that happens. It doesn't change every time it w w uh, as a moody person would change. But the Bible says he came as the prince of peace. 
He's putting all of what I just said to you under this one verse. Unto us, a child is born. And as I've been working through this, I wondered, well, I wonder if maybe um, the relationship that he wants to have with us is easier than what we've made it. And how do I get back to the place where I truly do think that he's wonderful and extraordinary? I really believe that. You know, it's one thing to quote the scripture. It's another thing to have it active in your life. If it's active in your life, then your life changes, doesn't it? What about understanding him as a counselor instead of waiting till you get in trouble? What about going to him ahead of time and saying, Lord, I, I need your wisdom. I need your advice. I, I, I keep failing in this area each day, but this morning, God, will you speak to me? And will you, you just make it clear? I, I remember when I was first saved, you know, I used to say to God, you know, uh, yeah, he took me at my word, so I quit saying it. But anyway, it was a good say. I said, Lord, I want to learn the easy way, but if I can't, do whatever it takes to teach me. You know, and I really found that he wants to do it the easy way, <laughs> but he will do it anyway. <laughs> Why? Because he loves you. The Bible says that, right? He loves you. And, and, and so how are we getting up each day to say, God, I, I, I don't want to live that day again. I want to I be completely transformed by the power of your word. I, I, I want to be, be back into your image. Uh, and, and what does that look like? Well, uh, it, it, it looks like uh, that I, I'm whole, I'm healed, I can make good relationships. I have good relationships. I'm, you know, I'm saved. I mean, all these things that come into mind when you think about, well, what, what is that relationship like? Well, I want to just take us for just a couple minutes here to one more verse that starts with the same thing, unto us, unto us. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. And this is where I want you to kind of lean in here for me just a second, because if you can capture this, I promise it will transform your life. Some of you are stuck, and you've been stuck so long that you've learned to live with it, and it doesn't bother you anymore, and your conscience is a little, what the Bible would say, would be seared in that area, and I'm not, I'm not saying you're all bad, okay, I'm not, I wouldn't do that, but the reality is that we can get seared in some areas in our life to where we can, over here, continue, whatever that is, but still over here, be a happy, nice Christian because I got 95% of life together. But guess what? God's never satisfied with that. <laughs> Why? Because you're in his image and in his likeness. And if you can step into it, you'll be happier than you've ever been in any time in your life. You've been deceived into thinking something else is going to bring you a peace or a happiness or a joy or, a, you know, I'm going to make it with this. If I just keep this little out here. And I, I don't know what that is. It could be any number of things like we mentioned at the beginning. It could be sin. You know, it could be, you know, idolatry. It could be any number of things. I just want you to lean in and hear this and see if we can't receive it this morning uh, and celebrate his birthday <laughs> By giving him the greatest present that we could possibly give him, and that's our entire heart. Our entire heart. Okay, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached. For unto us a son was born. For unto us then the gospel was preached. 
as well as unto them. So everybody got to hear it. So everybody in the vicinity got to hear it. But the word preached didn't profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now, I don't know about you, but faith isn't something that I can muster up myself. How many would agree with that? You can't muster up faith. Faith is a unique, uh, uh, it's a unique bird. It's like it comes and you can, again, receive it and you can see the power of it take place. That's why sometimes you can, ha- you can pray a certain prayer and boom, the answer's right there. And you're like, whoa. And most of the time for me, when it's a miraculous thing involved in it, not just an everyday prayer, most of the time for me, I would say maybe a statement like, man, I knew in my knower that was going to happen. And when I prayed it, I knew it was going to happen. When I said it, I knew it. And so there's something that kind of engages in there about faith that's so unique that I can't buy it. Remember the, the sorcerers wanted to buy it? I can't buy it. I can't beg for it. I can't, I, can't, uh, I can't make it happen. I can't manipulate it to happen by quoting a bunch of scriptures. But it just happens. And this is what he's saying. I want you to mix it with faith. For those and them that heard it. Now we know faith comes by what? That's what he's saying here. So let's look at these three words in this particular verse to see if it will help us a little bit. To profit. They they did not profit them. It means it didn't assist them. Uh, It wasn't advantageous to them. So in other words, something didn't work with what they were trying to accomplish. I remember the story of the disciples when he sent the 70 out, and they came back, remember, and and, and they said, man, it's just not working for us. And and they got some counsel from Jesus and went back, and it started working. But that's that's for us sometimes. It's not going to be advantageous to us. It didn't profit them, what, being mixed, not being mixed with faith. Mixed means to unite one thing to another. To unite one thing to another. To unite one thing to another. I have to take the the word and unite it, pull it together, bring it together with something else to make this work, to make this advantageous or profitable or uh, workable for me. And then the last word is said he didn't, it wasn't mixed with faith. And I thought about faith because to me that's always been, uh, you know, kind of a, an elusive word. It's a word that I, you know, struggle sometimes in the past trying to get, wrap my head around. But do you know that uh, really the word faith just at its barest means that I just trust somebody. I just trust them. So they, they didn't mix the word with trust. Well, who would we trust? We trust for unto us a son was given. Total innocence, total transparency, total vulnerability outside of God's sovereignty. He gave you a son. He wanted you to be able to receive him without the fear, without the intimidation, without the, the, the entanglements. He wanted you to receive his son. So that you could step into this relationship with the Father that would be totally easy to do. Totally simple to do. I'm taking a son. Has anybody ever handed you their baby? Somebody handed me their baby recently. And you're, you know, you freak out a little bit sometimes, you know, if you haven't held a baby. When you have three of them or four of them, 
I got four, right? Uh, we have four of them. What you find out after the first one is that you can drop them and they don't break. Isn't that right? Come on, come on. You can. It just happens. You know, the first one gets overprotected. The fourth one gets underprotected. But you start realizing, you know, and, and so he sends his son. I hope you're seeing what I'm trying to communicate here. He sent his son, this innocent, non-condemning. Augie had no idea that I knew how to hold him. But he trusted me. Not long, but he trusted me. You know what I'm saying? And this is how God wants you to do. He wants you to trust him in the same way. I want you to step into this new relationship. Well, sometimes people have a struggle with that. Why? Because they're proud. They're pride, prideful. And we don't let ourselves mix the word with faith. And so we struggle sometimes our whole life. And, 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 we, and we never let that happen. He is truly here this morning to open up a fresh relationship with each and every one of us. I'm, I'm completely convinced of that. And I'm also convinced that probably each one of us, and I just thought, wow, what if every Christmas, you know, we, we stopped and just kind of reset ourselves, you know, not with the busyness of Christmas, not with buying a bunch of gifts, not with doing all these things that we have made Christmas into, but we literally <coughs> stopped and celebrated a birthday. Can you imagine somebody throwing a birthday party for you <coughs> Excuse me, and, and, and you, 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 you're brought to it, and you come to it, and everybody's doing something for everybody else. I think sometimes that's how Jesus feels. It's like, wow, we're at church here this morning, but I'm really not celebrating his birthday because I'm worried about this, that, and the other. I'm busy. You know, thank God I don't have to worry about the Chiefs game. It doesn't come out until 745. It's one last thing, God. You got to know. You haven't listened. I haven't worried about it once this morning. Pastor Danny goes pretty long, but not <laughs> that long, we hope. You know what I'm saying? But, but we have all this stuff that we bring into his, his gathering, his house, his place of, you know, concentrated, relating to him, kind of a celebration, a family celebration. Man, we're here. God, we're celebrating you. And even in your home this, this week, I hope that it gets to the place where you really make sure that you honor him, you celebrate him, you call on him. What a tragedy that we, if we wouldn't do that. I, I just want to pray this morning because I, I feel like this Hebrews 4.2, for unto us uh, was the gospel preached as well as unto them. So everybody got to hear it. People hear it. But the word preached didn't profit the thems because it wasn't being mixed with faith to them that heard it. So whatever you heard so far this morning, you have to mix it with trust. Is he a counselor? Is he a father? Does he love you? Does, is he wonderful? Is he all of these things or is he just, you're just at church? Because if you're just at church, guess what? You'll miss him. You'll miss everything that he has for you. He doesn't want you to work harder for it. You can't do that. 
But what you can do is connect with the Heavenly Father, even as He came this time of year as a baby. And let look into His eyes and let Him look back into your eyes. The Bible says that your eyes are the window to your soul. When you open them up to God in this way that I'm talking about this morning, if you open it up to Him, I'm telling you, He'll get in there. He will change the things that you cannot change, or He will change the things that you don't see need to be changed, that keep dogging you and keeping you from the, the, uh, the greatest adventure on earth, and that is following Christ. So let me pray. I would just ask you to receive it this morning. Father, we thank you this morning. <laughs> That unto us <laughs> was born a Savior. He came as a baby that we might be able to look into his eyes without fear and intimidation. And, but yet we can look into his eyes, look into your eyes as you want us to. You don't want us to look away from you. You want us to look right into your eyes so you can look into ours. God, there's so much more that you have for us. And I just pray this morning that the things that maybe have been distracting us or causing us to miss it in an area or two, or maybe all together, you would address that with us this morning. If that's in your heart this morning, would you just uh, maybe whisper that from your heart to him, Lord, open up the eyes of my understanding this morning. There's areas that maybe I see, but I can't seem to overcome, or there's areas I just don't see. And Father, this morning that we would all receive that beautiful gift that you have for us, because Christmas was really about you giving us a babe, you giving us salvation. And yet we, we want to respond to you, Father, this morning in a unique way, and we thank you for it. We thank you for your word. I thank you for every person here. I'm believing that there's going to be some connection of your word and faith this morning. It's going to transform hearts and lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, disagree with that, we just say amen.